Now, the children have a little activity down at the front. If they could go and join Andy, that would be lovely, because we need it for the next part that comes later. So today marks the first Sunday of 2018. Can you believe it? Christmas is over. The decorations are down. Has everyone taken their decorations down? I saw a slight... Mm over there and you may also notice that there are still a few stars in this building didn't quite get a chance to do that but most of our decorations are down and we are looking forward to the new year what does this year have in store for us what will it hold for some we may be looking forward to an event that's happening a wedding that's occurring or a birth or a new job endless possibilities for some we may be nervous about what this year might hold it might mean changes it might mean challenges it could mean losing family members or friends. It could be a whole multitude of things. But 2018, for most of us, if not all of us, will mark a time of change. And we hear of people at the beginning of the year making statements of what they hope to achieve, or indeed what they might like to stop, habits that they might want to break. And we know people who make these New Year's resolutions, and indeed we may make them ourselves. I know on New Year's Eve, I was sat at a table and we went round and we said, that some of the things that we might like to do, what might we like to achieve this year? And I gave a list of a few things, and as I think more about it, the list gets bigger, it doesn't get smaller. And we're hopeful that by the time that we celebrate next New Year's Eve, we may have accomplished some of those things. We look forward to being able to say, I did it, I stuck to it, I did this. We also know that it's the year of jokes as well. When we say that we're going to start something in January and by February we've decided that that's too difficult or too challenging and we don't want to get up every morning and go to the gym and we don't want to watch what we eat all day, every day and we give up quite quickly. Something different comes along, something a bit better. And I wonder how different this year would look if we picked up on three Ps that this passage teaches us. Preparation, power, and pleased. So the first one is preparation. Ellie, are you able to change it over for me, please? I can't get this to work. There we go. Thank you. So I'm someone that likes to be ready for different eventualities. If we go on a trip, like a holiday, I like to pack an extra pair of clothes just in case we get stuck and I don't have any clothes to wear on that extra day. If we go on a long car journey, I like to take some food just in case we get stuck in a big traffic jam. I'm not silly. I know that my belly will get hungry. So I prepare myself. But sometimes things catch you by surprise and they throw you a bit off course and they don't go how you planned. Like the morning of the rocking carols where we woke up and there was snow. That was not in my plan. So I came to the morning service and I think at the end, I was the last one here, and I decided I'm going to set up now because I know then I don't have to come down early. I can just set it up and all will be done. So I moved around the chairs. I moved around the bands, like positions and stuff. And then a message came in to say that people couldn't come. And I panicked, and I went into worry mode. And a bit later, another message came in to say, oh, I now can't make it either. And one by one, these things started spiralling. And I entered what I call worry mode. And if I enter worry mode, it's not, not a good idea for anybody to be near me at all. I shut down from the situation. 
well, from anything else apart from the panic that I'm facing. I shut down from any people that might try and offer some help. But on this occasion, I was all by myself. There was nobody to even start trying to calm me down. And you can just begin to imagine what might have been happening in this building at that time as I'm slinging chairs around trying to get everything moved back to where it was initially. So after texting a few people to pray, I put on some worship music. And as I moved the chairs back around, a chorus of a song came on, and it struck me. And it's by a song um, called Get Your Hopes Up by Josh Baldwin. And the line that stuck was, Get your hopes up, lift your head up, let your faith arise. Get your hopes up. Our God is for us. He's brought us back to life. It stuck with me and stayed with me because in that moment I realised that it wasn't the practical bits that mattered for that evening. It wasn't whether I got exactly the right amount of chairs out. It wasn't about whether I'd made far too many baubles to the amount of people that, that would then come if they couldn't get there with the snow. It was about my spiritual preparation. Snow had come, plans had to change. But actually, my spiritual preparation for that evening was the vital thing that was going to change the course of that night. Our spiritual readiness for all the people that were involved was going to dictate how that evening went. And there was a call to stop and a call to breathe and a call to present myself before God. Now, John the Baptist in this reading encourages people and us to prepare. He was calling them to repentance, to get themselves ready for the one who was coming after him, the one whose sandals he was not even worthy to untie. And it's a message that's still important for us today. When it's so easy to lose sight of things that actually need to be prepared, our relationship with God is the most important aspect. And yet, I'm sure it's not just me who also finds it one of the easiest to neglect. It means carving out time when we already seem so busy. It means not watching that episode of EastEnders, even though you know everyone's going to be talking about it tomorrow. John is talking to a mixture of people. From Matthew's account, we know that there were some Pharisees there as well, as the Gentiles, listening to what John had to say. And both were in the same camp, although they liked to think they weren't. Both needed to turn back to God, repent and get themselves ready. John, straddling the Old and New Covenant, prepared the people for the thing that was about to unfold. His baptism was one of repentance, seen in Mark 1.4, Matthew 3.11, and Acts 19.4. It was the symbol of turning back to God, admitting they were sinners and getting right with him. And here in this message, the people of this time was radical. They would have thought they'd received the promises, God based on their ancestry and the circumcision. But a new covenant was coming, and they weren't to rely on ethnicity, but on the mercy of God. So is our heart ready, our minds ready? Are we right with God? Preparation is vital for us in the same way it was for them. In the same way that if we have people coming around for dinner, we prepare the table, we make it look nice. And he got himself ready for the dinner. And even though we're people who have repented, when we came to faith, we're still called to be repentant for the actions that we continue to do that turn us from God. We still need to prepare ourselves. So the next one that comes is power. Because how can we do the preparation? It seems so challenging to remember. And how do we remind ourselves how vital it is? We do it by his power and his presence. It means we don't have to do it alone. 
when we look at preparation and all the things that might come, it can seem quite daunting. But the Holy Spirit is there to help us. When Jesus is there entering that water for his baptism, he stands just as the other people were repenting for their sins. He was repenting for ours. He wasn't standing as a God who judges people, but identifying with them. He shared in their humanity. And when Jesus comes out of the water, the Spirit of God descends on him and he receives the Spirit. I'm just going to read that section, verses 9 to 11. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptised by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. He receives the Holy Spirit. And in the Old Testament, in Exodus, the Israelites are trying to leave Egypt. And eventually, after the plagues have come, Pharaoh relents and lets the people go. And to get to their new part of the story, the Israelites had to cross the Red Sea. And we know that Moses parted the waters, they marched through. And soon after, Moses goes and receives the law of God. The Israelites went through the water and received the law. Jesus goes through the water and receives the Holy Spirit. We are people who have received the law and the Spirit. And both together, in partnership with one another, enable us to step into this year, 2018, equipped to do all that God calls us to do. And in it, all that the world decides to throw at us. Now, when Andy and I were preparing for this service, he said something about this passage I'd never noticed before, even though it's a passage we've heard many times. In fact, I think we had it in the build-up to Christmas. We definitely had it at 7.30. But God speaks to Jesus and says, You are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. God is pleased with him. Yet we don't really know much of what Jesus has done at this point. This is the beginning of his ministry. Not after he's healed people or converted people. He's pleased with him right from the very beginning. Before he's done anything. And so often we strive to please others and to please God by the things that we do. Yet God is pleased with Jesus before he acts. And this is the same for us. God is pleased with us. God loves us prior to us doing anything special or particular. Just like a dad is pleased and loves a child on the day of their birth, even before they're born. That's an earthly love. How much more does God love us like that? And we don't have to do things to earn that love. So this year, when we are looking at all that it holds, we can rest in the knowledge that we go into it prepared, with the power of God within us, and knowing that his voice is the greatest encouragement and champion we have. Saying he loves us and that he's pleased with us. And the song I mentioned earlier went into a tag, and it says, Christ before me. Sorry, I've got the PowerPoint wrong. I'm not very good with PowerPoint. Those are three Ps. There we go. Christ before me, Christ behind me, I am firmly held. In his mercy, never ending, I'll remind myself. How very true that is. And there will probably be times this year when that truth gets tested. But let's remind ourselves and remind one another that Christ firmly holds us, that he's already pleased with us, whether things go to our plan or not. He is pleased with us and he is pleased with you. Let's pray.
Father God, I thank you.